Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. How much sweeter Mondays are when we get to talk about a Browns victory and we don't just have to be pissed all week? That feel better? Uh, it's better than the alternative, yeah. So e- winning e- is better than losing. I got you on yes, record. Yes, you got me there. It still sucks that we're not in the playoffs. Uh, 1%. We're not in the playoffs. 1%, sir. No. I'm going to need you to... No, no, listen. I'm not here to say it's going to happen. No, All no right? listen. It's nice to win the games. I'm not to, here to poo-poo anything. It, mm-hmm. it is nice to win the games. But we are in full evaluation mode of this football team and the coaching staff, and that's where we're at. I feel like when you say, I'm not here to poo-poo something, and then there's a but attached to it, it does feel like there's a little poo-pooing going on after that but. And what do you want to be excited about? You're 6-8. and eight. Winning football? You beat the Ravens. Okay. Uh, With their backup quarterback, you're expected to win that game. Why are we doing that? Why like, why, why are we qualifying wins? Because it's, it's not just you. Because I've, we should qualify wins well okay but why don't we do that with losses so when you qualify losses it's an excuse but when you do it no for, we qualify for wins, with losses too Ooh, i don't it's, i'm not talking about you specifically but it feels like and again i think a lot of this is just the expectations of things and we had sky high expectations and the team has not lived up to them and they're at six and eight and it feels like a disappointment right now mm-hmm. but like can we not just enjoy that they've won? Oh, who's I'm, who said I'm not going to enjoy? Oh it? no, not not you, but like, I mean, even listening to like the morning show or listening to like fans after the game on Saturday night and into yesterday, it was like, I don't know, I I enjoyed that game. I and of all the wins that you can have this late in the season, um, a win that cost the Ravens something, it isn't quite the same as getting it yourself. 
But yeah, I'll take costing the, the Ravens something. And, and listen, I thought there were a lot of things that we looked at yesterday, and there are a couple things we have to be realistic about, and a few things I think we can kind of be rosy about. But we've got Amari Cooper, Browns wide receiver, is going to join us. I'm excited us. about that. I'm very excited to talk with Amari Cooper at some point in uh, in this hour. Uh, it might be actually before the end of this uh, this break here. So we'll, we'll be talking to Amari in the in next the 40 minutes. He's he is in, in the house. building right now. I have heard him. He is being a professional down the hall. Doing, I, I, I got to see these fingernails. I think it's I, – I not only do I need to see them, I think we need to evaluate them ourselves, whether we should be that impressed. But we got Amari at two. We got Jason Lloyd at three. Uh, around the NFL at four. Daryl Ryder at six. And to start with it, not only was it a great win, sorry, was it a great weekend because the Browns beat the Ravens and now the Ravens fall off the AFC North pace. Can I tell you another reason why it was great? Why? Because it was a phenomenal weekend of football. Oh, it was great. You're do, right. Do we ever get a point? Because listen, one of my one of my things that I'm cynical about with Saturday games is if the games suck, it, it just turns into a nothing burger. Then it impacts Sunday and you don't get as many good games on Sunday. This did not happen this time. No, it was a fantastic weekend of football. Uh, Saturday was amazing. We'll get into my stories of my travels up to Western New York and how much fun we had at the Bills-Dolphins game and and uh, watching the Browns game at a tailgate party and, and listening to the game. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, so many great games. And then, you know, yesterday we drive back and, you know, caught the uh, most of the games on the radio, uh, the 1 o'clock games on the radio driving back. And then – to be able to watch all those four o'clock games in the way that those games finished, the Bengals comeback was was remarkable. And then, boy, Belichick just got Belichicked, and not just that. Bel- Belichick after getting Belichicked, uh, Jacoby Meyer throwing an interception to the Raiders' defense uh, with I think like was it like five seconds left on the clock? Because it wasn't an interception. He threw a fumble, uh, which is weird. How can you throw a fumble? It happened. Um, but him throwing was, a fumble, it thank was you. like the Stanford band play. But hit, but Belichick didn't work. Belichick's answer after was like, maybe, maybe we're wondering if Bill has given up because he was just like, man, you know, it happened, whatever. He just seemed like he wanted to be anywhere else than that press conference. But oh, how have we uh, the the Colts Vikings game where I went from seeing national NFL media guys clapping back about Jeff Saturday because he's probably one of their sources saying, gee, this is why you hire Jeff Saturday only for the Vikings to come back in the the biggest single regular season game comeback in NFL history. Really taking Frank Reich out of the leaderboard with that uh, historically. And then so poor, there was poor, that game. Poor Matt Ryan. Like- and, and by the way, Matt Ryan could still ball. He is a baller, but he will never live down the Super Bowl loss and now the, the greatest letdown ever. They're not 4-9-1 and one because of him. If they just fix that offensive line, I think they can still be really good. Outside of the defensive collapse in this game, I think the Colts are actually still kind of a good team. They're just not winning. Are it's, the Jaguars going to win the AFC South? Okay, and I'm so glad you said that because the Jaguars made the huge comeback over the Cowboys and Trevor Lawrence is looking like a real franchise quarterback. And here's the other thing. So they're one game off Tennessee now. And I believe both teams have three games left. And both teams wrap up the regular season against each other the final week of the season. So I know we're not kind of in a playoff chase here. But I got to say, the playoff chase around the NFL is matching up really interesting. And oh, by the way, we we have to mention one good outside of what happened for Cleveland beating uh, Baltimore for the Browns' playoff chances, one good thing did happen this weekend. 
The Jets and, lost and to the, the the Jets lost to the the Lions. Man, they had a chance to. I'll say this: I was listening to that game, um, Bob Schusen and in, in, in company on on the way back yesterday, and it's it's like you watched. I'm sure it's not like Zach Wilson made some plays. Yeah, he's like so the fourth and nineteen play. He's so weird. Like <laughs> he it, is weird. It's it's like Manzel esque. Like there are times where he just does something, and it's like that quick flash glimmer, and you're like, oh my god, there it is. That's why you took him second. And then the next three plays are just god-awful, and you yeah. don't even know if he knows how to play football. So we had a great weekend of football, but not refereeing. Let's just – we'll have to we'll have to get into the refereeing issues uh, later in today, but from, or from later the, today's the, show. The Raiders game? Uh, well, it was the Raiders game. Uh, the Washington-New York game had a couple snafus. Um, how about two scooping scores being called back by referees? And the second one was a clear fumble – that uh, by the ball carrier for, I can't remember if it was Zach Moss or Jonathan Taylor, but a clear fumble by Indianapolis, and it was the same defender, scoop and score into the end zone, same defender gets yeah. hit twice, and then they had the stones, Dustin. They, they take two defensive touchdowns away from this kid. A career game. The kind of game that's going to get you drinks in Minnesota for the rest of your life. And then he took his helmet off, and they hit him with a penalty, a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty. Amazing. And I was like, the gall of NFL officials at this moment in time. I, I'm still furious about it. I'm not even a Vikings fan. But the Browns won. The Browns did win, and there was a lot of positives to to come out of that game. Um, number one, I thought I thought Deshaun continues to improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Kevin Stefanski, all, albeit a, a conservative game plan, that's sometimes what you have to do in December football games. Yeah, when it's cold and snowy and it's ugly and you're kind of mucking it up a little bit. Like you kind of got to do that, and they did just enough. It's just funny to me because in the Bengals game, um, I was thinking to myself, you know, this might be a game where it might be better to be the more conservative team, run the ball more, make them stop you, and and then just keep running and see where that gets you, right? And they didn't really do that. They, they fell behind. They were playing from behind. We saw the Kevin Stefanski play from behind. Deshaun Watson threw, up, what was it, 44 passes? He threw a bunch of passes. And then in this game, I was thinking to myself, if there's a game you can be aggressive with, yeah. Baltimore offensively, they just can't do diddly squat. So I felt like this was a game where you actually could maybe deploy Deshaun a little bit more or be a little bit more aggressive with that. Yeah. And then they won the exact opposite. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing: you you could have tried that, and you could have been the Baltimore Ravens, who threw 30 times and probably were way too aggressive than they than they needed to be, and they lost the game. I hope Greg Roman has an offensive coordinator job for the rest of time, because certainly against the Browns. Because as long as that guy's the OC, I don't think they're winning a championship. That was just awful. And and by the way, it's this has happened a couple times down the stretch. Right, that first Bengals game, they just flat out refused to even attempt to run the ball. The Buccaneers were having first half success running the ball in the second half. Uh, with a lead, they just stopped trying to run the ball. I felt the same way in this game. Like the Ravens were getting yards and they were making plays, and then hey, should should we stop this? Should we go to throw the ball a lot? I if I'm Tyler Huntley, man, I'm a little salty today at the the position they put us in. But let's let's be fair. We can talk about them stopping um, running the ball mm -hmm. and, and yeah. what that allowed the defense to do. The reality is Miles Garrett made a bunch of big plays in crunch time, 
And the Browns defense had probably their best statistical game outside of the run game all year. And, and, and you know and what? Good for Denzel. He had a nice game. That was really awesome to see for him, who's battled with everything. I would have liked to see him get that that extra interception late, though. That would have been oh, man. That would have been so clutch. But it, it did feel like, oh, maybe Denzel's coming alive here. Maybe we're starting to see, post-concussion, more of the real Denzel. So it w- I kind of made this comment after the Bengals game, where remember how enjoyable the Bengals were? Because you just never were in doubt. It didn't matter it was a 10-point game late in that game. It didn't matter that Justin Tucker missed two field goals. I never felt like that game was really in danger. And no, we're going to welcome no, I'm, in. I'm, I'm with you there. We'll, we'll continue on with that, but we want to welcome in uh, here just in a moment. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper joins us in studio. <coughs> hey, bud. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, I just, we're, I just want to make you – I want to make a guarantee here. <laughs> we're not going to ask you a lot of questions about your nails. I know that's happened. <laughs> I know. I know your fingernails were a, a prime topic. With, well, Ken Carmen with is, Ken is, Carmen. Is, he's our morning show host yeah. who interviewed you on the Browns Radio Network, and yeah. it was uh, it was a little awkward. Yeah. We thought, and uh, <laughs> so we'll we'll we'll. Uh, I may have to take a peek. Yeah, at can we get these? Get a look I mean, at them. Gonna, those oh, are nice those, fingernails. Those yeah, are fantastic. I totally get oh it now. God. That's okay. Hilarious, now. Man. So let me ask you. So in that scenario, I do. I do. I'm just curious. Like, is that the most? Is that the most different line of questioning you've got as an NFL wide receiver in an in-person interview? Um, I don't think I've ever had somebody um, who was interviewing me for football ask me that question. But I, I actually get that question a lot. Like, yo, why are your nails so long? <laughs> your nails are extremely long. Um, they just grow really fast. Like, they, they grow at a pace that's... Just too fast for me to keep up with. Okay. Um, I usually know when it's time to cut them when, like, I'm doing something and I, I scrape them against something and want to kind of, like, break off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then that's that's when I know to cut them. And, like, if I if I try to keep a schedule, like, to cut them every week, it'll just be – it'll be too much for me. It'll be, like, kind of getting a haircut or something. I'm not trying to look after my nails <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I mean but the – Trainers tell me it's it's because I'm healthy. So there you go. So uh, do those nails help you catch footballs? Because you're doing a pretty good job <laughs> of that this season. Yeah, I mean people people uh, say that like like uh, the other receivers on the team they always be like, I think those those nails help you catch the ball. <laughs> I don't know, like, but they do help me do like other activities. I do notice like when I cut them, it kind of feels weird to like grab hold of. Them. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I guess I'm just used. Can we get you to pull that in just a little bit more up to your face here, buddy? Yeah, yeah, right. sir. yeah, yeah. That's excellent. Um, so I do want to know, man, like, how are you feeling? It, it, you know, you guys have won, what is it, three of your last four games here. How are you feeling about where you guys are with three games to, to go? I mean, we feel good. <coughs> I mean, it always feels good to, to come off of a, a victory. I mean, I guess a division opponent who they're playing good football. Um, you know, we, we got Deshaun back. Everybody knows uh, how great a player he is, um, and we see that he's getting into a, a rhythm. Um, I know he's extremely uh, happy to just be back out there playing football. Um, so, so we feel great. So you mentioned Deshaun's rhythm. We were actually just talking about his play, about how you, know, you look at from the Texans game to the Bengals game, now from the Bengals game to this game. You have seen kind of this steady progression 
from your side of things, from the guy that catches passes from him, what are the what are the biggest things that you've noticed in kind of his growth from game one to to, to the win yesterday or two days ago? Um, <coughs> it just seems like the the logical uh, way things would have gone uh, for Deshaun. Um, just coming back from not playing football in like two years, you know what I mean? It's just like um, you can almost expect that every time he steps on the field. Every snap, uh, he'll just get better and better. And that's what I've witnessed, and I think that's what everybody else has been witnessing as well. So when you guys go back to and, and look at that Texans game, and obviously he was very, very rusty, uh, didn't look like himself from, from the last time he was on the field to where he is now. I mean, do you see it in practice too, him just getting more comfortable, or is it the actual game reps where you notice it's like, wow, okay, this dude's really – he's going to be special. It's both, um, but you know, practice is different than the game. You know, in the game, it's like live bullets. You know what I mean? Um, but you just see it with this. When you combine the way that he passes the ball with the way that he runs the ball, you can kind of see both of those starting to really come together. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm just uh, amazed at it, and I, I just can't wait to uh, to the next game and the next game and the next game because I know he's just gonna get. Continue to keep getting mm-hmm. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper with Nick and Dustin on 92.3 The Fan uh, live in studio, which is a special treat. I was not expecting this on a on a Browns victory Monday, so we do appreciate you coming in here. Um, you've been uh, – it's so cool to see people react to the season you're having on social media because it all comes back to, I can't believe anybody decided to trade this dude for a fifth-round pick. So in terms of your season that you've had, given – all the success you've had in your career, do you feel like you validated the Browns' decision to go get you and you feel like maybe you've proved some people wrong in the NFL? Uh, definitely, you know, in some ways. Um, just go out there and, and just be me. Like, I don't feel like <coughs> that's the thing. I don't feel like I ever have to prove anything. I, I just feel like uh, it's a gift. You know, it's a gift from God. Um, he's blessed me with the talent. Before I even knew I would play in the NFL, you know, like being in elementary school, kindergarten, you know, being the fastest kid in class and stuff like that. What was that like? I cannot relate. <laughs> like I said, it was a it was a blessing. You can take it how you want it. You can you can be humble about it or you can be arrogant about it. I mean, either way, it's nothing you did. It's nothing you did to to deserve it. I mean, you, you're five years old. Like you didn't train. You never lifted a weight. Um, you barely ever even ran before, you know what I mean? Um, you're just racing everybody, and you're you're the fastest guy. So, um, now I don't ever really try to, to to prove anything. You know, I know with the um, you know to whom much is given, much is expected. So I know with the talent, you still have to work to to kind of cultivate it um, to to get better, um, and then you just go out there and put those skills on display. Where where does the humble approach come from? Because I love it. I mean, you you and and Nick Chubb both maybe, you know, two of our our best skill players on offense, and you both just make great plays. You get up, you hand the ball to the official. You know, you dap up your teammates, and you just go back to the huddle. It's like, it's just amazing. You see so many guys these days who who are, I don't want to say divas, but you are far from being a diva wide receiver. I mean, you go about your business the right way, and you take care of business, and that's it. It's incredible. Where does that come from? Um, I was I would say it's just the way I was raised, you know. Uh, I just being raised like in the church and stuff like that. Yeah. 
um, just understanding that, uh, you know, it could, it could just how it was given to you, it could be taken away. You know what I mean? That 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 fear, I guess, uh, that fear of God. Amari Cooper, Browns receiver with Nick and Dustin here on 92.3 The Fan. Uh, we're, we got more to say about the Browns' victory as well, but uh, uh, another young man uh, that, that you play next to that's had a very nice, we, we can call it a breakout season here, and I believe his third year in the NFL, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who had uh, the big touchdown, has had a couple big touchdowns, a couple big plays. When we talk about his growth, <coughs> what do you see behind behind the scenes or, or right up close with DPJ that kind of explains this huge jump this year? Um, I see the hard work. You know, I see a young guy who's hungry, who wants to be great, who takes it all in. You know, he's like a, uh, he's like a sponge. You know what I mean? Um, you know, he asks questions and uh, whenever you give him advice, you can see him actually implementing the advice that you give him. And he's just a he's just like a prototypical receiver too. I mean, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. Um, you know, he has all the traits. Um, and you know, with the uh, it's like the opportunity meeting the preparation um, in Donovan's uh, situation because he was telling me like last year he he was only playing like around thirty plays a game. Now he's playing like 70, 80, however many plays we play in a game. He's playing playing like 99% of the snaps so um you know with the with the opportunity he's just he's just making plays so um he's just going to continue to get better you know uh the thing i noticed about Donovan is a, a real great interesting trend is like you know if Donovan has five targets he's going to catch five balls like he has six targets he's going to catch six balls unless i mean it'll kind of be an anomaly if he doesn't so um He's playing good football for sure. Amari, with the playoffs being such a long shot at this point, it's like one percent statistically. What do you guys talk about in the locker room? What's what's the mindset, the focus for you guys here going forward with these final final games? Uh, just to win. Um, you know, when I think when you kind of break down a season uh, into pieces, when we play each game individually, we're not thinking about the like the playoffs. We're just thinking about that game, thinking about going out there. Um, when or not we, we break it down, um, we're going to go out there individually, win our matchup. And we know um, the more players that win their matchup on any given play, um, we're likely to win that play. And if you keep winning plays, you're likely to win the game. So that's what it comes down to, um, winning the game. Oh, we mentioned DPJ. I would like to know, um, you know, Michael Woods the second, Anthony Schwartz, Dalen Baldwin got into the, the action of all the young guys that aren't you, DPJ, and, you know, like, who, which one should we pay, be paying most attention to over the next, not just the rest of this year, but next year as well? That's a good question, man. They all, um, they all work hard. They, they all, um, they all have ability, I would say. Um, you saw with uh, Baldwin, like, this is his first week being up for a game. He went out there and caught a couple passes. Um, I think that led to the, the a touchdown drive. Um, and I, I don't think he was drafted either. Um, they they all have ability, man. I mean, obviously, Shorts with the speed, um, you know, before he got a concussion, he was you know, gaining more and more confidence, making plays, uh, making big-time catches. Um, Woods had a catch in the game. Um, so 
So, I mean, they all have ability. It's just about them continuing to work hard um, and take advantage of their opportunities. So this game was uh, was chilly out there on, on Saturday, right? Yeah, it was, it was pretty chilly. Be, being a guy from Florida, played in Alabama, of course, uh, what's the coldest game you've ever played in? Because I'm not sure if you've checked the weather report for this coming Saturday, but it's going to be like one degree. <laughs> I haven't checked. Uh, somebody was uh, telling me about that today in the uh, at the facility. It was like, you saw what the weather going to be like Saturday? I was like, nah. But then they didn't say anything after that. I'm like, I'll just, you know, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Um, Will we bust the sleeves out? <laughs> yeah. um, probably, probably won't go sleeves. Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends. But uh, I, I've played in some pretty cold games. Um, that was actually my – I don't consider this a snow game that we just played yeah. in, but that was my first time playing in mm-hmm. snow flurries or anything like that. So, um, But as far as the cold, I've played in uh, cold temperature games, definitely like single-degree okay. games, you know, playing for the Raiders, going out there to Kansas City or Denver late in the year. Um, I, don't, I don't quite remember the degree, though, but I know it was like single. Yeah. Well, they're calling for a potential blizzard this weekend. So do you like yeah. So with that, because I wanted it because we this kind of becomes a topic every time we talk about it. There are people who hate watching snow games and I don't like those people because snow games once a year are fun they're great for people to watch on TV. I don't yeah. like playing in snow. So games. in terms of playing in snow, how do you feel? Uh, I mean, I never I've never done it before. Um, but if you so act- could this be your first blizzard game? Yeah, for sure. Oh, we got to get in on that. We're gonna need it now, because now because then we gotta have you back maybe this off season or maybe in camp. And I, because I, I don't know, like it's gonna hurt like hell when you catch that football. But like, just know somewhere I'll be enjoying it. Not your yeah. pain, but the the fact that you're playing the snow. Yeah, I mean, I think um, most football players look at it the same way. It's just like, like I alluded to earlier, like when you, like you're you're playing a football game, so you're competing, but then you. Break it down to the individual matchup. So now it's me versus whoever is trying to guard me. I know that they are playing in the same situation that I'm playing in. Um, so now it's about a test of wills. Like who who can who can overcome this better? You know what I mean? Um, and and that's what we train all off season for. That's what we <coughs> when we have uh, motivational speakers or whatever come in um, to to keep our minds sharp. This is what it's all about, you know what I mean? So it's like, whose off-season program was better, me or mine or yours, you know what I mean? And you can test that out uh, in situations like this. So, I I mean, I look forward to it. Like, I'm I'm probably, like, the most competitive person I know. So whatever the situation is, I, I'm ready to, to, to overcome it better than the, the guy who's guarding me. Amari, can I ask you something? We, we get uh, maybe a different Kevin Stefanski, like, if – Kevin does a really good job of, and I say this respectfully, of not saying a lot to the media. And he's never boisterous. We never see a guy with a lot of energy. And and so I just want to know, is is that Kevin Stefanski that we see in the press conferences, is that exactly how he is behind the scenes? Or is there a different Kevin Stefanski in the locker room and in meetings and stuff like that? Uh, it's kind of a difficult question to answer because uh, – I don't really watch the press conferences like this. I don't really know how he is. Is he like a boisterous guy though behind the scenes? Has he got a lot of energy? Like to have fun? Uh, of course. I, I mean, he he loves to joke around. Like, mm-hmm. He likes to tell tell his little jokes, and they're they're actually kind of funny. Like when we're in the team meeting room, he'll throw a joke out there every now and then, every now and again. So yeah. 
Well, Amari, we appreciate your time, bud. You, you gave us a lot of time today. Oh, you got to and... ask him about the chess. Oh, I... I I had found out. It, it, I just want to know: Is this true? Wikipedia says you're an avid chess player. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I never know because, like, if I had a Wikipedia, like, ninety percent <laughs> of it would just be me typing it, uh, but the other ten percent would probably be lies. Well, okay, the ninety percent would probably be lies as well, but it'd be my <laughs> lies. So I just wanted to make sure that was true because I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. So like earlier today, you you you, you play you know, today? Like, yeah. Like you I play mean, every day. Yeah, I play like um, I play every day. Do you play like online with people? Yeah, online. Okay. Chess.com. It's an app. Okay. Nice. So you ever sure. like challenge your teammates to it? Um it depends. Like on this team, not really a lot of chess players. I know Deshaun he I I don't I don't know if he plays now, but I know he was introduced to the game and he played a little bit because um, there's this quarterback coach. I'm not even sure what his name is. Um, who like when, when he gets guys ready for like the draft and stuff like that. You know, chess is a part of it. Mm-hmm. We got to connect him with some of the Guardians players because they play chess like crazy in the clubhouse. Oh, really? They do. We like like about ten guys. I was also just thinking with all the Ivy League guys in the Browns front office. <laughs> I just feel like you just bump into a nerd and just challenge him. <laughs> uh, Really That's great funny. stuff, Amari, man. We really appreciate <laughs> yeah, thanks, you man. coming on into the studio here, and, and congrats on, on another win, and thank you for beating Baltimore. I hate that <laughs> team. So uh, it was an extra special one, bud. We appreciate you. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks, Th- man. Thank you so much. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper in studio. Amari Cooper might be the nicest dude in the world. Yeah. As Nick would say, he's a sweetheart. Like, just I just – I could just – Spend time with that dude. He just seems so nice that, like, and I don't necessarily feel that way about a lot of athletes where it's just like, bet he could scratch a good back. Okay. I didn't. Oh, with the nails. <laughs> All right. You had, I realized you're going took, full I, Ken Carmen, and I was stay like, stay focused here, Nikki. Um, oh, stay focused, sir. Um, no, it was really good. And I, I think uh, it's so weird because I think we've seen this happen a lot. There are so many guys on the offensive side of the ball that when I speak, I just either inherently trust them mm-hmm. or like them. Mm-hmm. Amari's one of them. Nick Chubb doesn't say a lot, but I, you, you kind of like just like the way Nick Chubb operates. Joel Batonio is a guy we've talked about a lot, and it and it does feel like we could use another one or two guys like that on the defensive side of the ball. That's not to say that Miles and, and JJ3 or Denzel don't get it, but I think they could just use a couple more guys like that to bounce out I, I just the extreme you, you could have a team 22 Amari Cooper slash Nick Chubbs, and it would be just the best. Can you imagine trying to defend 22 Nick Chubbs? One's I mean, tough enough. It, would, it, it honestly it feels like those guys, those types of players are just throwbacks. It's like the, the, the guys that play at the, the military academies. Mm. They just are just badass dudes. They don't say a word, and they just do their job. That's what Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb do. As we uh, continue to break down, the Browns went over the Ravens. Jim Donovan was on with a morning show today and talked about Deshaun Watson's performance and what we've seen from him the, the last uh, three weeks. He is in preseason kind of mode right now, and everybody else is in 14-week 
14 games under their belt and now going into a 15th week, uh, coming up this week and playing your 15th game. And I, so I think he's got a lot of catching up to do. And even more, if it was just one season, I mean, basically he's been off for two seasons. So I think that's the thing that really is kind of holding everything back right now. He is still, I think, a little bit stuck in between gears sometimes where he is indecisive as to what he wants to do because he's so athletic. I mean, he can break the pocket at any time and probably outrun most defenders, if not all defenders, and make a play with his legs. But he also still says, maybe I want to throw it. But he's kind of stuck in between gears where, should I run it? Should I throw it? And I think also, they're kind of stuck in between gears, not knowing what he's going to do. When everybody knows what he's going to do, including him, then I think it's even going to look a lot better. I thought that was a great point by Jim, and I think, you know, we asked Amari earlier in this show, like, you know, what what have you seen? What kind of growth? What kind of difference have you seen in, in Deshaun over the last three games? And, you know, I got to say, I think that is the biggest difference. I think in this game, they didn't ask him to do a lot, but I think you're kind of seeing, like, there's less and less of that hesitancy of, am I going to throw it, am I going to run it? I felt like I saw a lot less of that in this game. Yeah. Even though, like, if you just put statistically, it was kind of like a, oh, okay game. Like, nothing great, nothing terrible. Yeah, listen, if you didn't watch that game and you look at the box uh, score, you're going to say, yeah, mediocre average game. Like, yeah. a lot of people do because not everyone watches the Browns play, and, and it wasn't a game that had a lot of meaning. So I can understand why some people would just assume that maybe he, he played average. But he, if you watch the game, and we did – uh, he took steps forward. I thought the Browns held him back in this game. I don't mean like in a uh, how dare Kevin Stefanski kind no, of way. I, I think they smartly held him back, though. I, I thought they clipped his wings. And I wouldn't I, say they clipped his wings. I, I think that they definitely had some conservative play calling. Well, yeah, that, I mean, we're kind of saying the same thing. But, yeah, so we're in kind of agreement. I, yeah. I thought I thought this was kind of a game where you could take – I don't want to say risk, but, like, I think you could have taken more shots down the field. And – I mean, I think it's really important to figure out before the end of this season how he feels and how he looks throwing into this kind of wind. And it was – it. I don't think they took any shots in the first half. I didn't really feel like they were aggressive in any way in the second half. And, again, they didn't need to. They won the game. I'm not trying to say it's a criticism, but I felt like you could have had a couple more shots down the field in this game and just let Deshaun get comfortable throwing in this kind of environment because, you know, luckily this year – you're only playing two games in December. Next year, who knows what the, you could end up having a, a schedule that's the reverse of this, where you've got four of your last six games are on the road versus at home. Could look opposite next year. And you get in the playoffs next year, he's going to have to know how to throw at First Energy Stadium or in Buffalo or something yeah. like that. So again, it's it, it's not even a criticism. It's just I felt like I, I heard Lima talking about it, and he's like, well, that wasn't a Deshaun Watson performance. Yeah, but it wasn't Deshaun's fault. It wasn't a Deshaun Watson. He wasn't asked to do anything, so he just did. Yeah, he didn't have to. I mean, the, the Browns had to lead the entire game, and it was it was one of those games it felt like. And I said this on Friday. I, I thought the game would be kind of like a 16-17, you know, ugly, you know, kind of a slugfest type of game, and it was. Mm -hmm. And had the Ravens made a couple more of those field goals, um, it probably would have been, you know, a 13-9, something like that type of game, you know. But – it, uh, it, the Browns did just enough. They played within themselves. I thought they, you know, they took the points when necessary. And it was, it was again, just enough to win an AFC North tough battle that was cold and snowy and, 
kind of what you expect in December in Berea or in, I, or in Cleveland. I think the only thing that it left me wondering is if they had kept running or, or if maybe let's say it was a 13-9 game instead of a, a 13-3 game. If Justin Tucker makes those kick, was there going to be a point where maybe you would have tried to let loose on Deshaun? Right again, yeah. and I don't want to make it seem like a criticism because it's not. They didn't need with the way the game played out yesterday, and I, I said it to start the show. I never felt like the game was really in jeopardy. It's just the the Ravens had real problems generating any sort of positive momentum through the air. The only way that they really got in any sort of field position is when Gus Edwards or, or J.K. Dobbins kind of let one loose. Um, which is funny because the defense looks like it played so well yesterday, and then they also gave up 200 yards rushing. But, like, I, I would be curious. I'd love to hear from Kevin Stefanski. Uh, he won't say it because, you know, he doesn't really benefit him, and he never says anything anyways. If if the Ravens had kept running or if the Ravens had made this a closer game, whether they were going to be more aggressive in the second half. Because I do think, like, in the name of the most important thing to happen is you won. So anything to that is secondary. But it'd be nice to get a couple wins where you get the win and, hey, we were really able to kind of open it up for Deshaun and give him a couple opportunities to kind of push the ball down the field. That game felt to me very Brownsy-ish for the Ravens. Mm, I like it. You know, the Ravens kind of won in a way that they always – or the, the Browns won in a way that the Ravens kind of always win. And the Ravens, they made the mistakes – they turned the football over twice, uh, two turnover on downs, two missed kicks. I mean, that's that's a Browns way to lose a game. I actually think that's a great point. Um, I've said for a while that I think the Ravens might be the worst nine-win team in the NFL because I just I don't think they've actually played that well. Uh, Lamar has massively aggressed when he's been on the field or regressed when he's been on the field. But somehow they win, Nick. But somehow they've won. They're nine and five. And yet this game – Felt like the kind of game they played all year and somehow won. And I, I think it kind of just shows the power of Lamar. Lamar doesn't have to be statistically great to give them a chance to win games where the rest of the team isn't playing well. That that really is what, and I think you can probably look at that through line through other games. I mean, even the Ravens are coming off a win over Pittsburgh, but like even that game, that was a game that they had no business really right. winning. It just, and just fortunately for them, uh, the Steelers had l- less, le- were were less inclined to win the game than they were. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. How did Deshaun do on Sunday? What did you guys make of Deshaun's performance? I don't think you can look at it and, and look at his stats and say how well he truly played. He did everything that they asked him to do within the confines of what they asked him to do. And if anything, I, I think his numbers could have been a lot better if they had just let. And again, that's not the point of this. I don't care that they were worse. It's not a negative against him or them. They won the damn game. But yeah, I I think you could have done even more with Deshaun. I think they kind of held him back a little bit. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.